So, Maurice, I got a good, big question for you. Go ahead, man. What matters most? Where? Today. Tomorrow. Feeding the worms. Feeding the worms. That matters most. That matters most, man. In this place, in this time, feeding the worms. What does that mean? Feeding the worms means you've got something going out and something coming in. And you've got something going out and something coming in. You've got constant cycle of health. Something going in, consumed, something coming out, consumed, something going in, consumed, something going out, consumed. And what's going in is waste and what's coming out is waste. So you have a natural cycle of balance without death in the mix of that. Even mm -hmm. though there is death. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the constant oxymoronic. So more type. like the cycle of life in, in the dirt? In the cosmos of the dirt, yeah, man. There's a cosmos down there. Constant, constant. So what do we feed worms? We feed them love. Love. <laughs> we feed them love and blessings and serious intentions of, of peace and harmony, man. It's, uh -huh. um, it's a constant cycle of love. I mean, I can't get any deeper than that. Than it's about love. Wow. I didn't think about that. <laughs> To love, man. Love. <laughs> they get it, they feel it, they share love, and we get love back in return. It's out of control. Hmm. That's impressive. I like that. Love. <laughs> That's just my point of view, man. Uh-huh. That's why you're here. <laughs> Alright, take that into I'll let that swim around in my head for a little while. And um, so what matters least? War. Wow. It matters the least. I don't know what people fight for, but I don't think what most men on the earth are fighting for is just. It's like men aren't fighting, it's corporations and nations, right? It's about five dudes it's, fighting each other yeah, around yeah, the world. Right. Via but, minions and, uh -huh, uh -huh. you know people that don't quite get it or have to jump into the war because of whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. That's just my point of view. What do you think? War is not the answer. Speak I know it. that. That's right, man. Speak it. Speak it. So what do we do? Do we teach? What are we teaching? Are we teaching people about the worms or... Uh, Keep this to yourself. We're... I don't think that we're teaching it. I think that we're sharing it. Okay. Teaching is something I think people do when they got extra cash or they have a doctrine that says you have to be taught. Sharing the worm message, I believe, is something that is like air and the trees breathing the poison so we can get the life back you know it's a balance you know one of those balance type things I think it's important that we look at nature's cycle so that we can begin to glow like nature does nature mm -hmm. glows all the time mm -hmm. we don't glow we 
I don't know what's the word putrid we're putrid <laughs> putrid humans you know those five dudes that control crap are very putrid and they spit the lies and the people follow the lies and they the lies become even more putrid and it trickles down and the worms don't really care man they're they're about the love they go where the love is you know I go where the love is mm-hmm. you know, I'm my front porch because there's love here yeah yeah. <laughs> I met you because of love. Uh-huh. You know, the brother said, hey, I need some garlic. Yeah, let's Where cover I, that. We got to go back. <laughs> Where do start, I find the garlic, start back right? at the beginning. Start man. back at the beginning, dog. Go yeah, how'd this happen? So, I moved here from California, and then I got on the local food Cleveland, right? Right. And I think you saw, I just posted that I ferment foods. Right. And you, I remember you asked me, what's in the mix? Something like that. Yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about, so <laughs> I sent you a message. I uh, saw so you did something about worms and food, and I asked if you um, knew anything about garlic. Just, what do you want to know? What do you need? Come and meet me, right? It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Then we ended up meeting at the um, East Cleveland! East Cleveland Public Library. East Cleveland, dog. I didn't know what I was after or what I wanted. I remember I had $3 in my pocket. And um, we just wrapped about my story, a little bit about your story. And you gave me a whole basket of garlic. About 10 pounds of garlic. Yeah. To plant. Right. And a little bit for food. Yeah. And then the rest I planted. So yeah. I planted. I ended up planting um, 240 plants in one location, and um, then I spread some out to other people. So, and it was a bountiful harvest. Every single plant took every. They. It was impressive. Um, that was the first crop I've ever grown. That's the first thing I've ever really grown, other than some stuff in pots, you know, mm-hmm. for fun. So yeah, that's. That's my story with Maurice. But there's so much more. No, well, yeah, that was the first ten yeah. minutes of our. So that's what we've had almost. A year. Was it it's been almost a year. A year. A year. Well, nearly a year. Yep. Mhm. So yeah, you know, it, it comes back to the worms go where there's love. We go where there's love. We don't know what the outcome is. We don't have a clue where we're going. <laughs> but we have a feeling. It's like love. You got a feeling of, this is going to be good. Uh-huh. Or it's like, this is going to suck. <laughs> this cop's going to give me a new whatever. You right. know, the house is burning pretty bad. <laughs> you get a feeling about those things. Yeah, yeah. This compost really stinks. You got to cover it up really quick. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Love is... Love is like garlic, man. It's powerful. It's all powerful. No bugs eat garlic. No slugs. <laughs> no flea beetles. Nothing eats garlic but us. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I guess that's a good thing. Animals don't eat garlic. Horses and squirrels don't eat garlic, man. You don't find animals... I was wondering you know, why they were just right there under the ground and nothing touched them. Hmm. Yeah, man. Bombproof. Good love is like garlic. It's like bombproof. You ever heard this quote by Timothy Leary? Um, <clears throat> I don't remember what 
brought on the, the his quote that someone had asked him, "What are we supposed to do, or what are you going to do next, or something like that?" And he simply said, "Find the others." You yeah. ever heard that? I've heard reference to it. Yeah, not that quote, but I've heard the so find the I, others before. That's what I feel like with the the way it happened with the food, with meeting on the web and. You were like one of the others, but like way out there for me. I was just taking baby steps, and that quote always stuck with me. So we know a few people together now. Yeah, it all kind of came together. There's a chef who's in my CSA that happens to be a longtime associate of yours, right. and now we're all kind of tangled up together again. Right. He's got a new farm he's starting. Right. Chef Brian chef, Doyle. Chef Brian Doyle. And you're helping him? Yeah. He's, um... It's always been my dream to help chefs because they have a way with food that most people... It's like a relationship with food. It's day-to-day. Day-to-day, they got food. It's coming in. It's different forms. They're transforming it. They're like uh, chemists in the kitchen. And they, um... They, uh... They make sure that... There's lots of variety and flavors with that food. Um, a farmer is kind of the same way if they aren't doing monocrops. They try to make sure that there's health in the soil, diversity in the field, and as a result, having healthy product, multiple different products heading out to the chefs. So working with chefs, you know, that's like a dream. Like a dream. It's like a dream. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll find the food. If you don't feed me, I'll be out of here. Right, right. This guy sucks. Let's go. This is not funny. Let's get out of here. <laughs> you pay four bucks for this popcorn crap? This is not good. It's like the pure truth, man. Having a kid in your show authenticates your message. The kid will say, you suck. I don't want to be near you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in your business. <laughs> your cartoons aren't funny. <laughs> He should be yellow instead of blue. <laughs> You're driving too fast. Slow down. All this crap that kids talk about, man. It's total truth. Speaking of which, I thought it was funny, man. You called your kids a wild ass for this. That was too funny. What's that? You called your kids a wild ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you wanted me to bring them? Yeah, man. To, oh. I love your kids, man. The kids are funny. They get along, they're wild, and they run. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like when they run. They're not. That's not good podcast material. No, it's not. No, it's not good no, podcast. No, 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 no. But we gotta have them over, man. It's been over a month and a half. Okay. They ain't been here. All right. My wife's asking me, "What's up, with Brian?" I'm like, I don't know, babies. They're chilling. I don't know. I don't know. It ain't just me, brother. It's her too. That's uh, why she's on you today, man. I'm saving up my energy for my big move. You know. I, I rest at the end of summer. And then ah. fall is my big push. Oh, you're resting now. Yeah. Okay. We did good last fall. Now this year I'm on a... It's like pulling the slingshot back. Yeah. The catapult. Ooh. i just been backing up, backing Ooh. up, backing up, backing up, backing up. Where you going, man? Where you That's at? The th- I'm just going to jump in and see. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> pulling back kind of hard, man. Slingshot. Woo! We're going to clear the building, clear the street. You're going to end up in a big pot of something good, man. Yeah, so that's 
increasing the potential energy. So that's, what is that called? That's kinetic energy mm -hmm. that's stored up in that slingshot right. as I'm pulled back. Right. Right? Right. And so I'm just going to launch. I don't know where it's going to lead. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do was start this podcast. By the way, the name of the podcast for now, the working title is going to be um, Doc Fermento Discovers the World. Sure. Doc Fermento is a name you gave me yeah. a while back. Yeah. Um, because every time I <laughs> go somewhere, people ask me what I do, I have no answer. Part-time dad, full-time dad, mm -hmm. I, you know, kid wrangler I've used. Mm -hmm. And I just started saying I ferment foods. Mm -hmm. So you just went with Doc That's Fermento. That's what you do, man. You're a doctor that shit. So It's good. Uh, Stuff is good. Wish I had some of that kimchi right now, man. Uh, Your kimchi is the bomb. If you don't make anything else the rest of the season, man, you should make kimchi. That's good enough you for you. should make kimchi the rest of the season. Okay. Nothing else. Uh, Screw sauerkraut, man. Kimchi is where it's at. Okay. Well, what about the kombucha? We got to keep that flowing. Kombucha is great, man. I love yeah. it. Okay. It, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I got two jars in the house. I got like four jars of yours in the house and a big kombucha jar. Yeah. I got all that stuff, man, but... As far as I'm concerned, the kimchi. the kimchi is what my mom, the whole family likes. Sauerkraut, they love it, but they smash and kill. Whatever they kill, it's like the worms. Yeah. The worms eat certain foods like really quickly. Yeah. The family's the same way. Community the same way. They, yeah, they, they yeah. devour different things, man. And when you got a winner, you got to stick with that winner. Okay. You know. I like that. Whatever you do, whatever, that's cool. But kimchi, man, that's the bomb. I saw you had about 20 cabbages over there. Inside of the house, probably Something. 15, 20. I don't know. I ain't count. I just got them all and said, hey, This is what I'm taking to my boy. So I gotta take those home. All you right. gotta take them home, man. All right, I gotta get to chopping. I don't, um, I actually uh, bought a cutting board today. Good, isn't that a miracle? That's a coincidence. Instead of using oh, the one I have, is no good. It's so warped that oh, my uh, knife doesn't hit the wow, it doesn't flat. Gotcha. So I end up not cutting the kimchi, the cabbage. In a fashion in which it would be pleasant or edible, it's still it's too big. To it's still together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now I got a flat cutting board, Good. and I'll be able to there cut it. Up oh, and make everybody happy. You made the intention. You had no clue I had cabbage I had no for idea. you. No. That's see. Doctor Fermento discovers the world. <laughs> You're discovering if you make the intention, <laughs> the shit will follow. So things just appear. Yeah. Jump and the net will appear. You know what happens with the compost? You feed it. Uh -huh. They come. They eat it. And they poop. And they, everything, yeah, everything yeah. is solid. No diseases. Uh -huh. No, no bacteria in there that, that's harmful. It's all positive. It's like garlic. You get it in one form. You plant it in the worst time of year. It comes up. Yeah. What is with that? I thought you were playing a trick on me. I planted it. Was early November. This thing on? Okay. Great. It's on. Right. So what was that? In early November, it had to be right before the first snow. Sure. We already and it was already cold. Yeah. 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 And man. sure enough, with that <laughs> feet of snow on there, all winter long, they just sleep under there and... They just relax, man. I, I, that's an unbelievable uh, growing cycle just or whatever that they do. That, that's, that's crazy. I think I saw it in... June or something. I was out at your uncle's place. Yeah. 
And I was like, wow, that's impressive looking. You already cut the scapes off, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful, right. Beautiful was, patch of garlic. It was the middle of June. Mm-hmm. Beautiful patch. Beautiful patch. Nice height, good color, just solid, man. Just solid. You, did you save any for this year? For this fall? Oh, yeah. yeah. How much you got? A lot. Same amount? Uh-huh. Good. More. Oh. I haven't... Do, hmm. I should buy some from you. I want to do the same amount and double it with a new variety. Mm-hmm. As well. That's cool. You know, there's a garlic festival in Cleveland. Yeah. What's that? Just soon, isn't it? Yep. September. Yep. Uh, Shaker. Yep. Never been. That should be something fun to go to. Might be able to source something there. You will. Um, I forget the guy's name. Ooh, I haven't seen him in like two or three years. He's um, to me, he's the premier garlic guy in Ohio. Well, we'll have to go down there um, together then. Yeah, if it's a Saturday, I can probably meet you up there. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Garlic is important, man. And the how to grow it is important, and when the planet is important, and what to do with it. I guess I just lucked out then, because I didn't really know. You taught me two minutes how to plant it, and then I think you texted me, go cut those scapes, and then <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just <laughs> pulled them out of the ground a short time after that. I didn't well, even how know. tough was it? It was easy for you. You enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that was rewarding. That's love, man. Love is love is rewarding. Yeah. So my idea with the so we can do the podcast. I'll put the link up on the Tumblr. Mm-hmm. That's what am I? Askbrian.com. Sure. And then hopefully that feed will go through the feed burner over to iTunes, and so someone could get it directly from my website and listen to it there download it and or subscribe via iTunes from what I've read it works something kind of like that is iTunes free? yes uh, free and the free. subscription also right. I subscribe to about 20 podcasts right now Okay. all food and or technology right. related but like 80% is right. food gardening organic this organic that you know these words they don't mean a lot to me anymore like people interview me about fermentation and I don't even want to use the word probiotic I don't want to use the word lactobacillus it's meaningless we're not scientists the scientist wants to use the word go right ahead I, it, it, it has no it doesn't work I that's think, their magic right, not mine right. mine is the salt shaker the knife the crock the liquid the local spring water when I need it what about that? Was it fungi or something like that? Stuff on the leaves, man. That funk on the leaves. On the leaves, that is the lactobacillus. Yeah. That's the, or some might say it's lactic acid, but I think it's a lact- lactobacillus bacteria. That's that white film that you'll see on red plums, dark red plums, grapes, dark green cabbages. It has that white film on there. What's the uh, common street name for that stuff? What do they call that? I don't know, but I've been trying to wash it off my fruit and vegetables my whole life, you know? I always thought that was the chemicals they sprayed on there. Little did I know it was there for me. For the plant. It's there to protect the plant. You're talking about that's the doctor's, that's the scientist's, that's this person's word and that person's word. As a guy from the street, the lactic whatever and the probiotic stuff, people that I work with, they don't understand that crap. 
Yeah. So if you can give me a word for what that white film on the cabbage is and how beneficial it is in the street version, uh huh. I can I can transfer that to the layman and it'll be mm-hmm. tight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because um, some of them big words, people are like, dude. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you just make up a street word for it then. How about we call it the funk? Oh, it's got the funk on it. It's got the funk on it. People can relate to that. You don't want to wash the funk off. You want to keep the funk on. Yeah. Even when I listen to organic uh, food shows, they talk about washing, trying to wash that film off. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. Uh, it has no... It has no... Uh, anyways. The funk. Yeah. So how does that funk affect our guts, man? That's what fixes our guts. That's, it's actually what fixes the plant. Oh. Do you know that fermenting vegetables, as I do, it actually increases the bioavailability of the nutrients in the plant. It's easier for your body to get the nutrients out. Not to be too scientific, but there are anti-nutrients in the plants you eat, right? The fermentation process will eliminate or help to eliminate those anti-nutrients. This is what a lot of people, this is a reason a lot of people prefer to cook their vegetables, is to remove the anti-nutrients. So you have the two camps, you got the raw foodies, and you have people that prefer to actually cook the vegetables. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of fat-soluble vitamins that people believe in. You're not going to get that vitamin unless you bring it out through fat. Fermentation fixes it all. It breaks down the carbohydrates and the sugars naturally occurring in the plant. That's what produces the lactic acid. That's with the lactobacillus bacteria and a host of other bacterias. I heard, I read in three weeks' time in sauerkraut, there could be as many as 80 different bacterias in there. These are beneficial bacterias. They fend off the evil bacterias. <laughs> you know the words, um, you've heard this, you know, people have heard these words like, um, what's the one you get to make your skin look nice and tight? Uh, they kill the muscles in your face. Botox, right? That's botulism. It's the most deadly substance known. They're freaking injecting bo- botulism it's into botulism. your freaking lips and that's your butt and whatnot? Botox. They it's, got the germ, man, and be yeah, put in your that's body. It. That's what they... And it swells up. Uh-huh. That's sweet. It kills the muscle. Botox. Kills Botox. the muscle so that you don't have to worry about the crow's feet around your eyes. Jeez. So when you get that real nice dead face, it's supposed to look really pretty. When you smile and your eyes don't change. <laughs> but anyways, so a lot of people are always fearful of botulism. That is a, that is a result of canning, improper canning bad food handling. That's from trying to kill every bacteria. In rare circumstances, the botulism survives in the can. You eat it, you die. You die. Or, the scariest thing, you don't die, you live completely paralyzed. Damn! Yeah. <laughs> That's a horror story. It's, it's yeah. Is that still happening? That's what it does, yep. And it's happened to people that have had, um, like, 
gray market Botox done to them Whoa. with a shady doctor. Whoa. People have died or gotten paralyzed. It's, it's, I mean, that's freakishly rare, but, but anyways, that's just a little short story on bacteria, probiotic bacteria. Wow. And then we also utilize, you know, the yeast and bacteria in combination and things like kombucha. Wow. The beer makers use the yeast to make the alcohol, mm -hmm. you know, and the wine makers that mm -hmm. are shooting for the alcohol. Mm -hmm. They want a nice 15% alcohol wine, you know. Um, but what I'm shooting for is the stabilized presence of multiple beneficial bacteria. That's why, so we were talking before about the, the cabbage. So the last cabbages came in in November, right? Yep. We put up the kraut three weeks late, you know, so we put that up or set it by or put it by three weeks. We put it in jars, never cooked it, never pasteurized it, no canning at all, just mm -hmm. raw in the jar. Right. And we were still eating it throughout the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Till probably, I think last month. Yeah. And now it's, it's middle of August now. Yeah. Yeah. Till last month. And I didn't do any of the procedures that I didn't, even that other people do. They'll drain the liquid off, cook it, put it back in. They did that with pickles to make them last longer. Mm -hmm. We did none of that. And we that lasted us all the way through the summer. All the way till the next cabbages came in. Right. That was that's the reason it was done a long time ago. So they could have fresh quote unquote veggies all year long. Into and improved. Right, because they got powerful, yeah. good stuff in them. So in the middle of winter, so you're going to get your all your proper vitamins. Vitamin C. You know that they use it on the sailing vessels. That's how, when they used to sail the oceans, people always think it was citrus that mm -hmm. they took with them. Mm -hmm. They couldn't take citrus. They didn't have any where they were from. Right. They took sauerkraut, giant vats of kraut on those ancient sailing ships they fermented foods that's what kept them from getting scurvy so they ate sauerkraut and what dried meat or something like that and yeah fresh fish salted like that? salted fishes you can you put those down you know this layer that's like sardines uh-huh and those would last you know indefinitely so they had a protein source and they had a freaking uh, vegetable source mm -hmm. and they were fine fine chunk of the freaking world yeah you wouldn't even need any citrus until you went down into the tropic zone where right. you could pick it up right they didn't you know these ships sailing out of Norway didn't have uh, oranges. Right. No. And these men didn't get scurvy. But they had cabbage. Yeah. Right. And they in had other, kale. In other greens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they had freaking the best possible bacteria sitting on board Some with healthy them. guts. <laughs> Is that why they fought so well, you think? I think they were strong. Right. Yeah. You know, who was it? The Romans? I think the Romans were the first, well, that I know of. I, haven't, I don't know as much as some. They do, you know, with the meats, uh, say like a salami, mm -hmm. which most people think is just dried and cured with mm -hmm. salt. Mm -hmm. They actually use the lactobacillus, and it's a probiotic meat. Okay. Yeah. And they salami? claim that's what allowed them to um, march for greater lengths. Salami. Yeah, to go further. Salami. It was, it was actually a probiotic meat. Salami. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. the, the one that's got the ground up chunks of stuff in it. The the hard, yeah, the semi hard. And you can see it. Preserved meat with the. Sometimes it has a little bit of mold yeah. on the waxy yeah. type of surface on yeah. the natural casing. That all when those are there's different ways to make all the cured meats, mm -hmm. but that one in particular can be pre prepared with the lactobacillus preparation. Bioavailability. So they packed the lunch as well <laughs> and fed these dudes and well. And sourdough bread, right? They said that their their main protein source for most of those men was um, sourdough bread. Sourdough bread is fermented bread. That's sour. That's the natural occurring yeast in the air. Those. That's the wild. That's the wild fermentation. You know, like San Francisco is known for their sourdough breads, right? Okay. You know why that is? No. It's. It just so happens that that yeast that's in the air happens to taste really good when it ferments the flour, the water in the flour. It's wild yeast in the air. So it's not going to taste, it'll taste different from Everywhere you go. Chicago. If, we, if we, we could make some right now, right here. Mm -hmm. Just whip up some rye mm -hmm. and some water mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of give it a little air mm -hmm. and do that every couple days and just let the wild yeast get in there and let's build a culture. Dude, wild and we'll, yeast, man. And we'll know what Illyria bacteria tastes like. Tastes like chemicals. Yeah, you never know. This neighborhood is not the best neighborhood for air quality, man. Mm -hmm. But you never know. I don't know what's floating around in there. I'm curious. My man said wild yeast in the freaking air. That's tremendous, man. Wild yeast. So they would make they would make this salami stuff over there out of the spare parts of pork. Okay. Lungs, organs. Okay. Yeah, that's. Is that what salami you're, is? Yeah, you're gonna carry all those, all the nice, uh, aromatic meats and prepare those fresh, typically, right? And um, and then organ meats and things like that have their special uses, uh, but certain then certain ones you're gonna use um, to make salami to preserve the hearts and lungs and. Organs and things. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. But I'm not saying all meat is prepared, presented, uh, prepared that way. Most of the cured meats is just a, basically a dehydration process of using salt to fend off against the bad bacteria. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's a preservation agent. Sure. So that's the same thing I do with the cabbage. So we, that's the reason we salt it. Right. So we're going to slow down that natural rotting process where the bad bacteria are going to get in there and cause rot. Slow that down. Give a chance for the lacto planetariums and all those insane things to activate. Hmm. You're messing with the going. funk, man. Uh-huh. See? Brian's messing with the Gotta funk. activate it. Lacto stuff. We just, I funk. should learn all these words. I don't know because I read everything that I know. I never had a teacher. So I don't know how to pronounce any of these words because I, I just see them in a book. I don't so, think it's important, man. I think the taste is what's important. Yeah, and I results speak for themselves uh, as far as gut health. I mean, I'm getting people, you, your family, me, my own N equals one experimentation. Yeah. People I meet on the 
blogosphere, Twitter sphere. Yeah, man. People are always saying, you fixed my gut. So You fixed my gut. Um, I feel good after eating your product, but as I think back to before I met you, and I didn't, we didn't start getting your stuff until you gave us some, um, probably March, February, March, something like that. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, should I be eating this guy's stuff, man? Right. This guy's making homemade uh-huh. sauerkraut. Right. If you were to ask the um, ODA, Ohio Department of Agriculture, they would probably kick my door in and take that stuff from me. It's To them, it might as well be a biohazard. It's an illegal food product. This is a black market food product. Um, anytime you're dealing with potential microorganism overgrowth, they're scared. Kind of like compost. Kind of like compost. I've seen to find that people always blame the neighbors. They say, well, we don't want a compost pile around here. That ain't the neighbors. There's always some other push. They don't want people composting. There's always new regulations. I can't imagine why they wouldn't want people to compost. Because they want you to buy it in the bag from from someone else that's controlled and paying big taxes. Mm-hmm. You at home make your own soil? Nah. You at home taking other people's waste product so we don't get charged dumping fees? Nah. Which, which means taxes, dollars, you know? Nah. I think we're in the same boat with fermentation and freaking composting. Mm-hmm. Tune in next Tuesday. When you're gonna air these things, like every every. Uh... Let's see how many interviews we can get down, nail them down, and I would like twice a week to put out a podcast twice a week. All right. Um, I know we've got the people. There's plenty of interesting people out there. Northern Ohio is full of them. Crazy things. Yeah. So I would like to keep it as local as possible to start, and people are gonna definitely mention other crazy people they've met right. and um, just interview them see right. where it goes I'd like to have you talk with um, two two more chefs that I know oh yeah yeah we got one good one let's bring some more on you, you already talked to uh, Chef Brian Dora he's gonna be on okay okay he's gonna be the second or third show okay yeah I'd like you to talk with um, Chef Heather Haviland of Lucky's Cafe because she's a fanatic about fresh local food year-round. Mm-hmm. I'd like you also to talk about Chef Ben Bebenoff because he's a fanatic year-round also, but he's, he's more concerned, I believe, with the functionality of food and the real... It's, he's like kind of like you with... Uh, the funk, that white, back, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. you call it, you know, whatever. He he likes to get down to it. Uh-huh. You know, he likes to get in there. Where's this guy? He's local. He's local. He's um he's got a office and studio downtown Cleveland, and he lives in uh, south of here, in um one of those outer ring suburbs somewhere. But he's uh. Local dude for sure, and he's a he's a freak for compost. Oh, okay. He's a freak for compost. I he understands something, something going on there. Okay, yeah. that he's, makes sense to me now. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So that's what you're talking about with the worms, right? Is compost. That's what that means. You're you're using organic matter from whatever source, whether it be okay, say for instance today I just went out to Marcento in Cleveland and to that food distribution center where they set up the food scraps for us and the Premier. kitchen scraps premiere. Right. And I picked up, you know, the bucket over there and the buckets over at the the bar in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I gave that to Brian Doyle. Right. Mix that in. Right. Feed the worms. Right. Urban urban soil creation. That's what's happening. So the same amount of fuel I could have used to go to Home Depot or you name the name. I shouldn't even use that name. Home Depot is you know fine. I mean. Everybody goes to Home Depot you know to buy I mean. the soils. Yeah. Yeah, so I would use the same amount of fuel to go buy that stuff. So that's a wash. But then the produce free and there's no chemicals. There's nothing. You know where it comes from. Yeah, right. Whereas the soil, the compost that you're getting from a bag, I saw a quote from you. I yeah. think it was before I met you. Yeah. It said, soil does not come from a bag. Good soil does not come <laughs> from a bag. I do many workshops titled, Good Soil Does Not Come From a Bag. Uh -huh. You can't buy good soil in a bag. You can't. I, I, you can take a truckload of good soil, and you can give me a pickup truckload of good soil. And I'll take your truckload of good soil, quote unquote, in eighty thousand bags, and I'll take the pickup truck load of good soil, i.e., compost or waste material, and we'll go head to head. What are some of the odd? What are we talking about? What are we putting in this stuff? What is this? What's what? Are we, what, what is comp? What's what's going in there? In the good soil in the bag, or in, in the your good, stuff? In my stuff? In the good stuff. I don't care what goes in there. Other stuff. What's going in there is love, man. It's um, people giving you stuff full of love mm -hmm. with the intention. It's like real Christmas if you believe in that. It's like real Halloween if you believe in that. You get something good in your bag, something good under your tree. For me, it's something good in the bucket every freaking day. Mm -hmm. The bucket. I'm after the bucket. Uh -huh. Wrap that bucket in bows and freaking <laughs> ribbons and give it to me. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? That love is primary because that food in that bucket might come from California, Georgia, Romania the seven seas is bringing that food to the restaurant and they're processing it to become something else but the people in that restaurant, the people in the hospital the people in the school, the people in the office are able to with conscious deliberation love it and put it in the bucket Knowing some fanatic that's featured on Dr. Fermento's <laughs> Discovers the World blog podcast is going to take that bucket of love uh -huh. and place it somewhere in northern Ohio to become soil in some urban environment. That's like, you know, the dude doing the first freaking heart transplant, man. You know, that's, that's, like, that's uh -huh. like the first blood transfusion. Uh -huh. Madame Curie. That's like... Um, Emancipation, emancipation proclamation uh -huh, stuff. Uh -huh. That's like you giving me the aloe plant. That's like me giving you the garlic. Everything is uh -huh. intentional. That stuff in a bag 
is intentional profit. And, you know? Yeah, you know, it has a realness to me. Um, I have a pretty stiff dude. I don't really get into... I don't believe in much. But there's something about that intention and um, the things you've been talking to me about for the past year are really starting to work on me in a good way. It's the funk, man. You can't, you can't fake the funk. I mean, back in the... Funk has always been with us, man. We've been eating the damn sauerkraut forever. It traveled across the ocean well, three or four, seven months. These dudes are conquering, bringing back gold and bounty and this mm-hmm. and the other. Bringing back fruits and plant materials in these uh, Wardian cases, you know, back to wherever they come from. The funk, no matter what, has always been with us. We know it. The spice trade, Marco freaking Polo. You know, Cleopatra, the, the Nile, you know, flooding and fertilization. Uh-huh. The, the freaking tar pits in California, man. It's It all came from something, man. You can't fake the funk. Can't fake the funk. And we've been talking about it since the 60s, just like that, with James Brown and uh, George Clinton, you know, talking about the funk. But when it comes to the real deal and, and food and, and compost and gut, trust your gut. What's your gut tell you? All them gut quotes? That's about something, man. Uh-huh. It goes back to your people. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot, the Romans, talk about the Romans, you know what I mean? It's the truth. It, it, it's the whole truth, man. You just can't ignore the truth. The funk is the truth. That white film on plants has been there before we were even on the earth, right. taking care of business. Uh-huh. That's the uh-huh. funk. Uh-huh. We started wiping our asses with the funk uh-huh. because it was nearby, uh-huh. got the funk, and <laughs> the hemorrhoids started clearing up. Uh-huh. Am I lying? <laughs> Shit. You know it's the truth. You know we can go out to the woods right now, man, and grab some 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 plant, doc, burdock, for instance. Mm-hmm. Rub it on our skin and take care of mosquito bites. Take care of all kind of stuff. The aloe plants you gave me, the uh-huh. garlic, the garlic juice, all these things, man, have been on the earth forever. It's funk, uh-huh. and you know it, Doctor Fermento knows it. That's <laughs> I'm why I'm starting to believe it myself. That's why you're here, man. <laughs> you're on the earth to freaking fix people's uh, psyches and their guts, man. Oh man. And the good. funk is here to help you with that. Uh-huh. Because you alone can't do it. I need something to help me do it. And it's the worms. Uh-huh. Okay. What's helping you with that white film? Uh-huh. Exactly. The layer. See, I need this I need this this perspective. The layer, man. The funky layer. Whew, that's funky. You know, it's like you, you pull up and the truck smells before you get there because it's old compost. Uh-huh. Or it's old brew waste, or it's old whatever. It's funk. It'll help you. Relax. Just tell them to relax. It's okay. That film is good. Don't throw those leaves away. Give me those funky leaves. You told me that yourself. You said, oh, I asked you what kind of cabbage you wanted. You said, I want, you know, a nice cabbage with the freaking leaves that are half dead. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no problem. We'll cut them up, and uh, we'll bring them to you as they are. And I ain't questioning you why. I'm like, the man knows his shit. Give it to him like he asked for it. Yeah. You know? And it works for you. Yeah, we want the freshest cabbage we can get and all the exterior leaves all attached. They'll provide protection. And you get down to those interior, green, big, gnarly leaves you wouldn't even want to eat. <laughs> you lay those right on top, <laughs> hold it all under. It's 
stuff you don't even want to eat. Mm. It's the top layer. <laughs> that's like, that's like, okay, hold on. Um, you came to East Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. The third or fourth poorest crime-ridden area in the United States. Yeah. I was nervous. Yes, you were. I don't hang, you know, that's not, I... Yeah, and that was the thing. but that was the <laughs> test. If you can you. come from wherever you're coming from to get this garlic in East Cleveland, you the effing man. Well, it was easy for you because you were. It was easy for you to spot me. I can tell you that. And I also <laughs> wanted this crazy <laughs> nut on the internet in a safe environment. Yeah, right, right. Well, I had my Move back on, up. Right, you were covered. <laughs> I was the one going out there. <laughs> yeah, dog. I wonder how many times I pressed the lock button on my key fob. Between the parking lot and the library, yeah, like man. fifteen times. <laughs> How many times could I relock it? Oh, yeah. Hey, but it's all good. That funk saved you. That funk saves us, and <laughs> we trust in the funk. It'll all be good. What do you call that funk? Scientifically, you called it oh, the lactobacillus bacteria. How do you spell that? L a c t o b a c i l l u s. I just did that off the top of my head. I should have wrote it down. I got some books with me, too. We should make up some notes. Put that <laughs> down. Write some things down. I'm taking notes, man. So there's all types of bacillus, lacto, lacto you know, um, uh, bacteria. There's, I mentioned one, you know, the name Planetarum. There are dozens upon dozens of beneficial bacteria in those ferments. So... You know, I'm not the scientist. I, like I said, I only know a few of the words just from reading. I'm the practitioner. Mm-hmm. You know, you think a witch doctor. No, I wouldn't say witch doctor. That's a little bit out there. But any Western healer, right? They, they just simply didn't know the medicinal, the names. They don't know the... I know probably a lot of the top gardeners in the world don't know the botanical names of plants. Mm-hmm. Has... It's meaningless, right? Right. Right. Doesn't mean nothing, man. It's just, you know, a name. Proper name made by some dude. Who brought you into this world? I don't mean that far back, but who brought you into this, to the funk? My dad, man. I mean, that goes... So he did brought you into this world and into the funk. (laughs) My dad showed me what is possible when you don't own property. I grew up in the projects. We didn't know anything in the projects except for, you know, this old rambler, whoever made a rambler back in those days. And he planted vegetables in the backyard. He planted rose bushes and perennials in the front yard. And he planted fruit trees and berry bushes on railroad property across the fence. So I grew up seeing squash, peanuts, onions, garlic, collard greens, kale, potatoes, um, different types of roses, four different types of roses, multiple types of perennials. I grew up seeing wow. all that crap. And, and East and, Cleveland? No, right uh, near west side of Cleveland. West uh, side. Lakeview Terrace housing uh, project. Oh, okay. okay. And he had cherry trees and peach trees and apple trees across the fence, man. Uh-huh. And it was like, I didn't, I didn't realize it until I was like uh, maybe 12, you mm-hmm. know, what he had done. Uh-huh. With property that we didn't own. You didn't even own. You know, he died when I was eight, so my memory of all that I saw him do was tremendous because 
he would take cuttings of his roses, propagate them, and take them to the east side of Cleveland and plant them in old ladies' yards mm-hmm. and go by and tend them just as a remedial roses are beautiful. Uh-huh. They perk people's lives up. They smell good. People admire them. Right. And you take care of them for a couple of years for them, and then they begin to learn. You know, it's mm-hmm. just the same mm-hmm. same shit we talk about, you know, we, with, with you and I. Mm-hmm. How do we treat each other? Do we treat each other with love and respect and share? Or do we treat each other with like, you know, hey, fuck you. I don't uh-huh. own this property. I'm going to tear it up. No, my right. dad was like, we don't own this property, but I'm going to eat off of it. Uh-huh. And I'm going to share uh-huh. what I got with somebody else. You know, so. Wow. It's the same thing with the funk, I believe, with you. Um, you don't have to know the plant names or the bacterial right. names uh-huh. to get the job done. Yeah. My dad... I never heard him say anything about any Latin name of any plant, mm-hmm. but the garden ran from here to there, and the, the roses are still <laughs> in existence in certain parts of East Cleveland yeah. that he planted back in the 70s that yeah. I saw him do, and that I attended when I was in my uh, late teens, mm-hmm. way after he had passed away. So how we challenge each other on recipes and traditions, I believe, is one of those important messages of the funk. So we're bringing about... We're improving the human culture through this. All the way, man. All the way. The Latin names of chemicals and the chemical processes and compounds in our food, the Latin names of plants and all that proper stuff is important to a lot of people that mm-hmm. have these, you know, wants and desires, but to the people that want to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So, where are you working now? Who are you working with? Where are we... Where are we Who's getting the Maurice benefits these days? I'm a hustler, man. I um, I travel around a lot. And I'll be in different parts of Ohio, uh-huh. different days of the week, um, different times of the year. And much like a, um, I'm not going to say, well, I'm a hustler. So people call me up and I go. Okay. Negotiate a price and then go out and do okay. a workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're teaching. I'm teaching. Teaching, sharing. Students, farmers, every level in between. Every level kids. in between. College professors, presidents of corporations, they all show up. Three-year-olds, uh-huh. you know, with their moms. Uh-huh. You know, University of Akron people. So what, are we, what, what are the words that, what are the common words we're talking about? We're talking about sustainability, we're talking about permaculture. Is that what people want to know? That's what they're going to bring to the table, right? Those are the words. People, yeah, they ask, can you talk to us about sustainability? Okay, yeah. Can you yeah. talk to I us about permaculture? I mean, that's what I would ask you. I'm like, are you a permaculture expert? Or can you teach me permaculture or sustainability? Um, you know. I've heard you speak a few times. Did I mention any of those and words? I never heard you use <laughs> those words. I'm not going to talk like you that, You did a lot man. more rolling around on the ground, yeah. beating on your chest, yeah. getting people to stand up, yeah. hold hands. Yeah, man. We don't, we don't talk about... Uh, you know, look, I don't like holding people's hands, man. I don't... I'm not a rah-rah guy either. Right. That just freaks me out. Right. I, don't, I, was, I come away from every one of those so much better, though. Well, one of the things about the holding hands is that a lot of people in this country, man, are effed up by society... Not that you are, but a lot of people are afraid of the germs of other people. Yeah, yeah. I want people to touch each other. Uh-huh. So we don't hug. We don't kiss in public. 
We don't we don't shake hands. We don't hold hands walking uh-huh. down the street with our kids or our loved ones. We are insular. Yeah, yeah. I believe like the funk on your leaves, mm-hmm. like the funk in my compost. I believe we gotta get in it. We gotta eat it. We gotta taste it. We gotta touch it. We gotta uh-huh. smell it. We gotta live it. We gotta burn it. We gotta smoke it. We gotta drink it. Mm-hmm. We gotta do whatever we can. We gotta get mm-hmm. that kombucha stuff. <laughs> the kombucha of yeah. life, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And fix our... Because of all those our love things guts. that we experience that touch the... Yeah. You know, as a side note, they think the use of hand sanitizer oh, man. is causing... Heck yeah. Asthma. Heck yeah. Asthma, specifically, on, plus the host of other problems it's causing, but very specifically asthma. We've lost touch with the bacteria. So i got to go touching people's hands now. Every time you speak somewhere, and I'm there, the next thing I know... So what I do, I put myself between my kids. <laughs> I just put a kid on each side and let them go. <laughs> That'll work. I'm, I'm going to take one of those kids. It's all right, because i got to pick them up and right. one minute later right. anyways, and then they're going to wipe their hands right in my right. eyes. So, right. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you know. I believe, in, I believe in sharing to the deepest degree. And someone you don't know and you're holding hands with them, or you know, afterwards you have something in common. Uh-huh. Then just I came to a seminar and I learned about this. It's like I came to a seminar and I touched another human being that I don't even know who mm-hmm. the heck he or she is. You know, I believe in pushing the boundaries, and I believe you do too because you mentioned the fact that if the ODA came and knocked on your door, they would take every specimen that you got uh-huh. and put it in the quarantine and destroy it with fire. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, so That's true. here we are. You're passing out the love in a mason jar, mm-hmm. and I'm passing out the love by holding hands at small groups of people, you know, around the state and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So who, who, who's helping? Who's helping us? Who are we looking to? Who are we supposed to reach out to? Are we supposed to reach out to any and all, or people who want to get on board? Like, have you talked to so many people that just fall off and are you focusing on new groups or are you just uh... that's probably the best question you'll ask me tonight um, who do I focus on a lot of my focus is determined by who calls I won't go to people because they need it Okay. someone has to call uh-huh. um, 911 doesn't show up at your door just because. Yeah, right. You know, the fire yeah. people don't come by <laughs> and stop at your house, lights blaring, extinguishers, and No, I think in axes. white neighborhoods they do. They actually just... <laughs> do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> they just drive around looking in case someone's making trouble. Maybe that's it. Doing house calls, checking out. Maybe that's it. Maybe Oh, like maybe... See, you didn't grow up where I live. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> no, man. I didn't. I grew up someplace totally different. But, you know, that... That being the case, yeah. I I need to go where people desire it, because if they desire it, it'll be like you know you sent me the you sent out a general call, hey you know whatever, and I was like okay well great, I can help you with that. Yeah. Same situation. Mm-hmm. If people don't make the intention, today you bought a brand new cutting board. Yeah. With the intention of cutting something. Yeah, yeah. Now you've got twenty five yeah. plus things mm-hmm. to cut. The same thing holds true with um, community. So if, who's calling? Who's calling? Who's calling right now? Youngstown. 
Youngstown's calling. Youngstown is calling. Detroit is calling. Um, people up in Erie County are calling. Um, Kids? No, these are these are um, older people. East Cleveland's calling. These are older people, man. They're um, so are they are they are they running into a are they running into a problem? Looking for an answer. What what's make what's bringing this out? What's they're looking for? Why are some, people turning to this? They're looking for solutions. They know in their gut that there's a solution out there. They've heard that there's this guy that can fix the solution very easily with simple thousand, two thousand, eight thousand year old techniques. That. Well, what, but what are we talking about? So you're going to go into Youngstown. What do you? What's the purpose? What are they? For what? Youngstown has developed via its young people, its young leaders, a new sense of ownership. Okay. And this ownership is such that they are able to transform landmass into productive food systems and or uh, beautification type systems. Okay. Right in in the in city. In the heart uh-huh. of the city. Yeah, you took me there. We went yes, to um, Yes, we did. That's why you were there. I adore the Adora Park neighborhood. Yes, you showed me all the beautiful old homes down in the park. Yeah, and you man. come up out of the park. Yeah, and it is bleak. It's, I could say it's thin, to say the least. It's thin. It's real thin. <laughs> yeah, it's different than in the park. I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I saw every single block in that neighborhood had community gardens. That's right. And Hi. yo. Hey. Bike power, bike power, bike power. Yeah, we gotta go home. Safe travels. That's right. I love bicycles. Yeah, Adora. So what ended up happening? We just ran into people mm-hmm. all day. There was people gardening. I know the one woman said, you know, she hadn't really talked to anyone in the neighborhood in 25 years. Right. And she was sitting there teaching little kids how to garden. I asked her how she knew how to garden. She said it just kind of came back to her. Right. She didn't get a book. Uh, she was just out there doing this. There was children out there. And then she mentioned the three blocks that she goes to. So three <laughs> full blocks now. Whereas before she probably never left the recliner. No. no. The front porch. No. And now she's going three full blocks. Right. Growing different produce on all three blocks. Right. That's the and idea, man. That's what they call for. They were they were ready to make a change. Mm-hmm. You were ready to cut complete cabbage off, not just cut down to one layer and mm-hmm. leave the rest chunky mm-hmm. for your customers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You intended to make a change, so you went out, took the action. Yeah, yeah. Youngstown intended to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. They went out. They found what they needed. They came out, saw a tour. We took them through Illyria. We took them through Oberlin, and we took them to Cleveland. And East Cleveland, and then they went home, and they were like, they called the same week and mm-hmm. said, let's get a contract going. Huh. And that's, you gotta, I don't, I don't, I, and I've, you know, I think my dad taught me this, it's like, he didn't volunteer any place, people asked him to come out and do his okay. thing. Okay, okay. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't, I mean, you know, the Jesus factor, nothing against Jesus or those that believe, but the Jesus factor of you know, going out and spreading some message, uh-huh. I think, is one of those things that we can avoid okay. by just 
waiting for the message to come and then serving. Mm. Yeah. I, I think I think I kind of Yeah, brother. I, 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 All right now. I think I hear what you're saying. Yet his message was that whole obvious now cliche parable about teaching a man to fish. 100%. Right. Right. So that message what you're saying is you don't have to put your boots on and go farm to farm to farm to mm-hmm. broken down neighborhood to broken right. down neighborhood right. because they're coming out they're coming reaching out for you they will find you that yeah. goes back to that thing you said I ain't write it down I don't think but you said something find about find the others find the others yeah yeah same thing uh-huh. if you're there you're gonna find the others uh-huh. if they're there they're gonna find you because we're always seeking like minded I couldn't do what I do in Youngstown in Cleveland I tried for many years. We got a lot of stuff going in Cleveland years okay. and years and years ago, but not to the point where it is now in Youngstown. So Youngstown passed Cleveland right Shit, up. Yeah, real quick. Huh. No bureaucracy. In less than two years, they yeah. got six acres of food. Cleveland, it took just last year, they got their first five-acre contiguous plot. I mean, you know, yeah, they've yeah. had these five-acre plots for 40 years. Yeah. But it took them freaking 40 years to get to the point of, Okay, let's think about what we can do. And yeah, it was yeah. an underhanded deal getting the freaking five-acre thing. And it's not mm-hmm. even for the community. It's for some private freaking individuals. A few restaurants and stuff. Ah. Getting the food, not the people in the community. So it's kind of backwards. You know what I'm saying? Youngstown did it right by okay. giving the community what they asked for, what they needed. Yeah, you did a, you did a presentation there on urban marketing. Yes. So... These... Kids, I there. I said kids. There was, there were seniors in there, mm-hmm. young, white hipsters, yeah, colored, everybody, everything, everybody, everything in there, right? Everybody, and they're learning urban marketing, gardening, composting, right. soil, permaculture, sustainability, all this, right? Just for reaching out, right? Everybody gets it, man. But they, they, they called and they asked for it. Some communities want it more than others. Mm-hmm. I wish that, and this is a big wish. I wish that there was a way in which the communities that needed the most could get it. My oldest son came by for lunch today, and I asked him. He lives up in Lorraine, Ohio, and I asked him what he thought about the community garden situation up there. And he said, quote, they're not ready for it because they're happy sitting on their couches, watching TV, playing games, um, Mm -hmm. shooting each other. They're happy with the status quo. And I gotta think that's how this country is. They're happy with the status quo. There's pockets on the East Coast, in the Midwest, in the West Coast, there's pockets of thought that are enacting change. But that special word that lacto lactobacillus the lactobacillus gene is not <laughs> in the whole country uh, it's the yeah, opposite it's like a bug right and Almost you like called a... it anti-nutrients anti-nutrients there's the anti-nutrient virus in this country right now that is sucking all the life mm-hmm. and that's the political aspect of what I do you know for a living 
and what you do yeah. with uh, fermented foods. So are you involved in all this campaigning and promoting and educating about the evils of massive corporations? Do you get involved in that stuff or do you just let that let that be it's the beast that it is or I gotta I got I'm asking you that is because I'm, well, I want you to tell me what I'm supposed to do is what right, I'm ask. Right. Because I get a little tied up in it on the blog. Right. And it gets me sidetracked. Right. Why do I have to tell put one more video about Monsanto up when it doesn't matter? Because I'm not teaching anyone anything. Anyways, back to you. I think it does matter. There's um in Youngstown, I did a workshop a few weeks ago, about a month ago as a matter of fact, or less. And I went in there early just to look at the site and this one lady was in there and she had the most beautiful tomato plants ever. I mean, gorgeous. All green, no blight, no early blight. Mm -hmm. Beautiful red tomatoes. I'm like, I can't even do this at my house. What, mm -hmm. You know, what is she doing? And um, I can't tell you what garden or, you know, whatever or whatever. Uh -huh. Beyond the, I was there a month and a half ago or so, or a month ago. And everything was cool. We, I, I showed people her plants and, you know, how bug-free they were and how vigorous they were. Right. But in the back of my head, I'm saying, you know, how did she do this? Yeah. Everything else is looking regular and normal, but her stuff is... So, the workshop's over. I'm doing a wrap-up, talking to a few people about this and that and the other. And as I'm pulling away, it was a little bit lighter than this. And I'm pulling away. I'm looking over at the lady's house. Because, you know, I looked at, you know, where she went home to. Yeah. And she had a miracle Grow bag on her front porch. Uh. Now, miracle Grow, as we know, is a bunch of chemicals that pump the plant up on steroids. Mm -hmm. Literally pumps the plant up on steroids. So the plant can't help come out looking like, yeah, I lift 800 pounds a day uh -huh. via uh -huh. these bugs and these things, and I eat them off, you know, plants on steroids. And I said to myself, well, one thing we didn't cover when we created these gardens and we do these workshops is what I'm doing is I'm trusting people are going to use compost mm. to create good soil. Right. It's only the right. second year, mind you. I'm not trusting that people are going to go out and buy what they've always bought uh -huh. or seen their grandparents buy and put it into the soil to help their plants, you know, do what they did. The lady, I'm, I'm, I, and I have to guess because everybody else's place was looking like mine does right now. Very nice, very beautiful, very mm -hmm. productive. Her plant was full of red ripe tomatoes. Right, right. It was way ahead of its season. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She was using Miracle Grow. There's a garden in Cleveland called the Kentucky Gardens. It's about a one and a half acre garden over on Franklin and uh, West Thirty Second Street. On there, and they have about a hundred plus gardeners in there. My mom gardened there for maybe ten years. On their front gate, which you have a, have a key to get in. They have taped with duct tape, red duct tape, uh -huh. on there. And I encourage you, when you're in that neighborhood, dropping off at uh, Chef Brian yeah. Doyle's garden, drive by Kentucky Garden. You know where it's at, right? Look on that gate. You'll see Miracle Grow bags taped to that front gate with red duct tape taped across them in a big uh -huh. X as a sign. Don't bring don't, your crap don't bring into the community garden. Uh -huh. We didn't cover that. And I haven't covered it, but yeah. I will cover it uh, next time. Yeah, yeah. We can't bring artificial into 
because it doesn't sustain itself. Mm -hmm. We have to keep up the fight against companies like Monsanto. We have to keep trying because other countries have outlawed certain Monsanto GMO products. Mm -hmm. We in this country, the home of Monsanto, I believe, um, are turning a blind eye to it. Like my son said, we're happy with using miracle Grow. Yeah. We don't want to haul around uh, three or four buckets of brew waste. Mm -hmm. We don't want to haul around, you know, 20 buckets of, uh, five-gallon buckets of church compost. <clears throat> we want to go to Home Depot yeah. and buy that stuff in a bag and get the results that lady got in Youngstown. Yeah. It's a convenience. We don't want to plant our own crops. We want to have some other people from other countries plant our crops. We don't want to make our own kimchi. Mm -hmm. We want to buy it from some lady in New Jersey with our face on the label. <laughs> we don't want to go to one of Brian's workshops because, and this is a quote, a lady I just talked to in Oberlin said she didn't want her cabbage. So I was like, no, you got to take your cabbage. You got to do something with it because cabbage is, is, is love. She said, no, I already have one. And she had one the same size as yours. One. One. And I was like, look, you eat half of this today, you eat half tomorrow. You'll be fine. You'll have great bowel movements, and your life will be lovely. She uh, said, no, it's a lot of work. I was like, okay, huh. enjoy uh -huh. your pepper and your yeah. kale and whatever, because okay. you don't want cabbage. No problem, I shut up. We don't want to work anymore. Mm -hmm. We want to get that stuff in the bag. We want to get a good product. We don't want to see the kimchi transform itself from bland ingredients mm -hmm. or good flavored vegetables yeah. to lovely uh -huh. Uh -huh. spicy aromic so, so this is the parable for life then it's this uh, this immersion in this culture of transformation yeah from static the drudgery mediocrity yeah man yeah, to man. motion activity Towards that, towards that, You're transforming yourself by transforming the, the, the worms, the dirt, the, these things. This is a real viable thing that people can do tomorrow. tomorrow. Someone can go do this. Yeah. So if you're unemployed, uh, you got nothing, nothing upon nothing. You just, you just start. That's Youngstown. That's Youngstown. They ain't have jack, and they yeah. started with nothing. They didn't start with jack, but the will to try it mm -hmm. and they're succeeding beautiful compost system set up right now beautiful soil creation system set up right now um, community gardeners um, market gardeners emerging farmers you know just a wonderful city that's doing wonderful things lots of potential and they're on the fast track to mimic Detroit in a great way and let alone become Chicago And those two cities are just Chicago, light years Detroit, ahead of us. Light years ahead. Light years ahead of Cleveland. Uh -huh. Cleveland was ahead for maybe 20 years. Detroit learned and duplicated like like freaking, uh, you know, the fungus, man. With the bacteria. And they're ahead because they yeah. got freaking 800 plus thousand people. So they're way ahead. Mm -hmm. And they have a desire because they've been down for so long. Youngstown's been down for so long. And people have been down for so long, you know, 
that's my dream is to go to the people that have been down for so long and share with them the fact it doesn't cost you know the 850 for a bag of soil yeah it costs you meeting your neighbor and asking them for a couple of corn cobs that are from yesterday's you know barbecue yeah give yeah. it to me i'll yeah. take it what yeah i'm 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 marcus how are you yeah. oh i'm great i'm susan relationship you know uh-huh. you go to home depot you get a clerk zip and you get a bag, you go home, rip it open, pour it out. Oh, wow, look at my tomatoes. Uh-huh. They're my tomatoes. They're not the community's tomatoes. They're mm-hmm. my tomatoes. That corn cob becomes our tomatoes. And it's not even your tomato. It's <laughs> Scott's or whatever <laughs> that brand. Where that? Yeah, Scott's are. Miracle Girl, man. Yeah. And just in case, Scott, you're listening to this in the future, I'd, I wouldn't mind your sponsorship. I love your product. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I... I support it if I had more people that could afford it, but we can't afford it in these uh, neighborhoods that I serve, Scott. Uh-huh. Yeah. I hey, like that hey. idea of that, you know, <laughs> that, the, eight, the, the tomato that can lift the 800-pound barbell, mm-hmm. but it's got no oh, balls. It's nothing. got no... No, it's, it's not made of anything, is it? It's empty, man. Mm-hmm. Empty. For many reasons. I Now that I'm getting deeper... I think it's, it runs a little deeper than nutrients, flavor, texture, color. It's about that whole that whole process you've been talking about for the past hour. It, it's it violates it. It, uh, the, it violates the trust. It oh, violates yeah. the... Oh, yeah. The certain amount of work required, yep. right? Yep. And we're skipping... We've got cheap food. We've got food that costs 25 cents. We should be paying the farmer a lot more. I mean, we don't have any farmers If left. the true cost of food was revealed, there would be, it would be the end of civilization. If in one day, the true cost of food was revealed and there was no subsidies at any end, whether it be corporate or for the poor, you'd have an an incredible upheaval, wouldn't don't you think? There's this. Um, I don't know if it's a movie, but I know it's a movement. It's called A Day Without Mexicans. Okay. And it's like that movie Dirt. Mm-hmm. It's a wake up call. If there were no Mexicans growing our food, picking our food, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be any fast food. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be any any Italian food. There mm-hmm. wouldn't be any. Um, Ukrainian food. It wouldn't be anything in this country because we wouldn't pick it. Uh-huh. It would rot in the field. We would die, like you just said, uh-huh. and we'd be gone. Yeah. Because we couldn't get anybody on the docks to unload it for us. A day without Mexicans is the same thing as the dollar value you're speaking of for food. Mm-hmm. We are not willing to pay for decent food. We want cheap, empty food. We want to use the... Uh, antibacterial whatever mm-hmm. to wipe our hands off so we don't have any germs mm-hmm. I think we're meant to perish I mm-hmm. mean a lot of us are going to perish mm-hmm. because we're too pure we can't work anymore we can't even spend three hours in the sun right. without without crisping up yeah we couldn't work in the field yeah we got to keep our hands clean got to keep our kids clean keep our trucks and the cars clean I keep our homes full of Swiffer wipes and crap like that. You know, vaccinated, polished. Yeah, yeah. homogenize this and uh, irradiate that. You know, I mean, dude. I guess that just goes on and on and on. Yeah, that would be like a. And I'm guilty too because I buy that crap in the wintertime because I have to because I'm too lazy to freaking put a greenhouse in my backyard. 
You know? Uh-huh. Shit. If I can put a greenhouse <laughs> in my backyard, man, i like to see ya. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm holding it down. Greenhouse in the front, greenhouse in the back, man. I'm lazy enough that I won't do it myself, so I'm as guilty as the next American. By the way, do you get any static from the city about this yard? <laughs> no, man. I'm not going to give your address away so that... <laughs> I, I think they leave me alone because I bring tourist dollars here on my agro tour. <laughs> your agro tours. The agro tours always stop here first. I know. Dude. I came you know? just to see the worms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's a true story. I actually came to see the worms, and it was uh, a thing to behold. We got one yeah. scoop of out of your worm bin, and it revealed uh, pounds of worms, <laughs> right. red wigglers. About two and a half pounds per half. I'd never seen <laughs> anything like that. That was mind blowing. Worms. Yeah, well, I hope everybody can. Which is not possible because. I've read you. You can't keep those worms outside. It's too cold and it's too hot. Right. This is northeastern Ohio. Right. It's ninety-five, it's ninety <laughs> plus all summer, and below freezing all winter. Right. There's no way you could have those worms back there. Right. And yet, there they are. There they are. And they're happy. They're fat and happy, man. I also notice you use a manure instead of buying dirt. Yeah. And you grow plants in it. Yeah. I've also read you can't do that. Right. I literally, I've read <laughs> that you can't do that. Right. You can use it as maybe a light top dressing for right. mulch. Right. You could mix it as much as 50% with soil. Right. You got to break the rules. You got to... No, none of what they say... I mean, some of the stuff on the internet is great. Some of the stuff on YouTube is great. You got to take it all because there's a lot of truth in the lies and a lot of lies and truth. You got to try it out. You mm-hmm. got to do what you do. You got to try it out. You got to find that formula mm-hmm. again and again and again mm-hmm. until you get it. Then you got it and you practice it a thousand times. Then you got it for real and it's in your head forever. Then you got to teach somebody. Two and a half pounds of worms per handful, that's after my son's 22 that's after 17 years of messing around with worms mm-hmm. and killing lots of worms yeah yeah and killing lots of plants i mean uh-huh. this doesn't look like this because i started two years ago or, right. or 10 years ago it started because you know i wanted to feed my family and i needed to grow food mm-hmm. so i killed a lot of vegetables so <laughs> i killed a lot of worms <laughs> yeah along the way, yeah i made a lot of stink and neighbors got pissed off you uh-huh. know it's 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 part of the process. You go to school, you make a few Fs. Yeah. You, you, you learn how to play the piano, you hit a few bad keys. You learn how to, you know, throw baseball, you hit, the, break a few windows. So this is that 10,000-hour um, deal. You put in your $10,000, 10,000 hours, yep. and you are yep. the master yep. of And I'm no master, man. I am no master. I just try very hard to succeed and keep experimenting and don't believe the rules. I don't believe the rules. The I government like says one thing, the government says another thing. Screw that, man. I don't, I don't, I don't trust y'all. Why should mm-hmm. I trust y'all? And people went back on your word with Native Americans and everybody else in the freaking world. Uh-huh. I'm not going to trust the government telling me what I got to do uh-huh. to my soil or how to, you know, some, some PhD do. Screw that. No. Uh-huh. 
this is the real deal, man. The funk said, this is what you do. You trust your gut. Okay. You taught me that. Fix your gut. You know, fix, fix your gut and you'll fix your mind. That's right. The gut will fix your politics. Mm-hmm. People screwed up, I think, because their guts are jacked up and they vote in the wrong way. Too many antacids. Yeah, man. <laughs> Killing the good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Politics aside, it's a simple process, man. It doesn't have to be this complicated. Can I get political here? You can get political. Why do we get down to two days before the government crashes and then get to an agreement? Are we not in 2011? Yeah. How do we get two days? Mm-hmm. August the freaking... No. What, what mm-hmm. was it? August the 1st? I don't know when the deadline was, but yeah, they took it to the wire. How do you get to the wire? Isn't that... What kind of business practice is that? Is that good business? A good farmer plants mm-hmm. years ahead yeah. by creating good soil. Yeah, right. What does it say about our government officials when they get down to the wire mm-hmm. and create angst amongst the people? Mm-hmm. They're not building any foundation. They're ruining the foundation we have. Um, they'll just pile up sand and build upon it. They, they put up that 20... They built a house in 24 hours on top of a pile of sand that they built over the course of that six-month negotiation. Yeah, man. You know, that totally pissed me off. It's not none of my business, but mm-hmm. I was upset that, you know, my wife would not let me get <laughs> a day away from something. Hey, baby, I got to right. let you know that, you know, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, Common sense would dictate these people, these grown men, mm-hmm. grown men, mm-hmm. older than you and I, mm-hmm. grown men, yeah, lawyers, right, right, masters, the pigs, yeah, these are grown people, man, yeah, yeah. screwing around people <laughs> to the last minute, mm-hmm. people that ain't got nothing, homes just two years ago were just in chaos, natural calamities happening in, in the Gulf and. Yellowstone National Park, and you're messing around to the last minute talking about some crap. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about it. Simplicity, man, for the people. I don't care about that government crap. I had to mention it because as good farmers and good gardeners, as good community members, I believe we have to plan years ahead to create good soil. You can't just get it out of a bag and come home and expect to have that lady's tomatoes that look like I can lift 800 pounds. Right. You have to plan for your soil. This country was great when they came here because nature had plans the for soil was ready for the people. Yeah. And in our zest for mass production, we got rid of it in about 10 years. Mm-hmm. The dust bowl. Whoop. Right. We're not long for this world, man, because... We don't plan for, I believe, the right things like, uh, number one, our own guts getting to what you do, and number two, you know, our soil, which comes from, you know, putting back in, like we started the conversation off. So, how, so it, yeah, it's coming back to that again. That, um, recently, Brian Doyle had that screening mm-hmm. for Dirt, the movie. Um, I want to mention something about that that 
there weren't many people there other than the people we directly know. Right. Chad, his partner. Chad's girlfriend. Brian's wife. My kids. You. And yet I had saw the call out on Facebook and on Twitter and on Tumblr. I tumble. I blogged it. It went. It went, The message was out there. Mm-hmm. And how many people? I mean, there was maybe twenty people that showed up, and they were just all there because we were supporting Brian. Right. Now, I saw a call the other day because this guy in Cleveland's got a damn food truck that's on the Food Network. Right. Do you? It blew the Twitter. Up. I broke it. I think in Cleveland. Right. So many people. They were. They were gonna. There's a line out the bar door, the bar, at the bar where they're showing this stupid TV show about a food truck to watch a television show paid for by commercials, drinking Budweiser, and there's Brian putting on a free show about dirt. No one shows. There's, um, I vlogged about something over the weekend, and it was an art illustration. And it's the same thing what you just said. There was one guy carrying like five or six bags of, I, I would take it to be food, in his own, you know, grocery bags, not plastic bags, but his own bags, up a flight of like 25 stairs. And there was a mass line, like a football stadium, of people waiting to get up the escalator. There was like 400 people waiting to get up an escalator. And this guy had the whole, you know, massive amount of stairs to himself, and he was going right up really quickly with a, a large load. How many people are willing to support a chef that's planting his own food or her own food versus buy food? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a situation, man, that we I have mean, to overcome. Or not overcome, and just deal with it. That's what I, one of the things I, you know, you, you, you get inspired, you see this farm market movement. Yeah. Everyone gets inspired by that. But mostly, who gets inspired by that? 45-year-old rich white women. Right. Wearing yoga pants. <laughs> right. Hey, good point. <laughs> that's who gets inspired by it, because they want to, they love it. They love the, 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 the green sprouts that are coming off the top of the carrots, they're literally dehydrating the carrot that should have been chopped off. And anyways, they, they, so the farmers markets are everyone's goal in the food world, from the Michael Pollan to the Bittman to the Alice Waters to whoever right. wants everyone. At, but in a way, there's something better. There's something deeper that's needed. Um, I know, for as an example, the West Side Market is a catastrophe. And I went there to buy some produce because I thought it was like the place to go. Or right. when I moved here, I, I right. was what I was told. But sure, that all just comes from the local. Food terminal. Food terminal, right? Which is Georgia, California, and Florida. Yeah. Texas sometimes, Mexico, of course. Chile, Argentina, whatever. Right. Okay. 
thought so. Yeah, yeah, food trucks, man. I mean, that's the real food truck. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. So uh, certain people get inspired by the local food truck movement. These are these people that drive around with a kitchen in a truck. They've been doing that in California for forever. 30 years, Yeah, 50 yeah, years. they call them roach coaches. Right. Because there's good ones and bad ones. Right. They go to construction sites. Right. But it's all the rage now. It's a trend. Right. But it is no more a cure to, for, to it is nothing. It, it's a TV on wheels. It's Stouffer's on wheels. I don't, it's, it's a mobile restaurant. I, I'm not going to get excited about that. I would get excited. And this is a challenge. I hope that, um, I don't know half the names of the trucks that are out there. Um, but I hope that you guys will hear this feed. I hope that you guys will, and it's all guys, by the way. Um, I wish that some <laughs> women of color and women uh -huh. would get one of these trucks and, you know, flavor it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I hope that you guys can, I know that you guys, uh, one, somebody did something, no, that was Chef Dante did something with uh, one of the homeless shelters downtown. Thank you so much, Chef Dante, for doing that pork thing downtown. But I hope that maybe one day it would be my dream to see all seven of these food trucks pull up in King Kennedy Estates or Alphawaite Estates or um, Lakeview Terrace Estates or Riverview Estates or Riverside Estates or, you know, any CMHA house, um, Valley View or, you know, wherever. I, it would be my dream to see seven trucks pull up to the projects at the same time that's not the first of the month or the 15th of the month mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just serve food for like you know three bucks a pop mm -hmm. you know I mean the food's good the food's cheap well that's the idea right is to inspire people about yes. real food that's real, what, what a real presentation that's of food instead of a the chicken nugget the subsidized nugget right. the subsidized yeah. fry the subsidized soda how else are you going to get this food into the community unless you do why don't why not use a mobile truck to do it out in, out in Oakland, they have a mobile truck that has fresh prepared food, and they have groceries also. Now, can that truck take food stamps? Those trucks do not take food stamps, man. They aren't wired like that. They could be. It's just a matter of if everyone's got a iPhone, they can wire that crap in and dial it in like City Fresh does, and everything's great. You know? Mm -hmm. It's nothing to pull up to a telephone pole, click it in, and every month people can use their debit card, you know, yeah. or people can vote. Everybody at the farmer's market, please vote for the food trucks to be able to accept, you know, the debit card. Mm -hmm. Pass a law in the state of Ohio or Congress or whatever that, you know, we can have some diversity in it. I mean, people now can go to farmer's markets, thankfully, and purchase uh, with their food cards, local food. Um, I, I'm at Tremont. I've been at Tremont for the past uh, four or five weeks now, picking up different things for my family. And the people are standing in line 10 minutes before the market's open, 25 deep, using their cards. So mm. it's a blessing. Uh, when mm. we started the Cam's Corners Farmer's Market four years ago, we worked with, um, um, I don't know what the agency is that does the food stamps. Uh, Children and Family Services, I think it might have been. And they came out to uh, Cam's Corners with their machine. And they, we had, by the third week, we had lines of people hmm. using their access yeah. cards, and seniors began getting vouchers, but it came from people demanding the government do something to get more fresh food into 
poor people's hands. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an access issue. Food is an access issue. Compost is an access issue. Fermented fermented foods mm-hmm. are an access issue. Mm-hmm. You can buy them, but they're not beneficial. They're already dead. Mm-hmm. Right. Your right. stuff is alive. Mm-hmm. People need live food, live bacteria all the time. The food trucks should be doing live stuff, not just in the wealthier neighborhoods and downtown the flats and you know mm-hmm. out in the Beachwood mm-hmm. area and wherever else they go. It should be in the hood, man. At least once a month. Show Unity and all the trucks show up and do yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's, You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chef Doyle's doing that. It's open. It's open. It's right in the hood I grew up yeah. in. It's open. It's right there. Right there in the hood. It's not behind the gate. It's not on private property. It's right there. Uh-huh. Chef Heather, right there. Open. So there are some glimmers of hope in Cleveland. But it, Thousands. It's... It has nothing, no ties. It's everywhere the government isn't, it seems, is where there's a little flourish, a little funk. Yep. All right. That was a good session. So how do we end it, man? Well, do you have anything coming up? People can go see you? Should they just stop by your site? Uh, I don't post where I am on my okay. site because right. I want that privacy. Okay. Um, All right. If you hear about it ahead of time from someone else's site, so you're going to need to get up. involved in the community if they want to find right. you. Right. I don't. I don't post where I am uh-huh. on purpose because. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you don't have contact info on there. You don't no. have uh, appearances. You can't ask me anything. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. There's limited time that that I have on the earth and where I go. People know when they're going to show up, and they do. Um, I don't have that much time. You yeah, know? your blog is more of an art piece. That's what I wanted it to be. Yeah, Thank that's you. really, I see a lot of art flowing across there. It's like the flavor of the day. Thank you. Yeah. Except on Wednesdays. If you don't like bikes, stay away from Maurice's <laughs> website on Wednesdays. Wheels on Wednesday. Wow. All right. I and on that bicycles. note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you, Brian. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you.